Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Lord bless you. You may be seated this morning. Turn to your neighbor and smile at him this morning. We, our family has an old uh, uh, family friend over the years that every time he preaches the pulpit, his first words is, everybody smile. Man, there's, there's something to that. I'm glad to be here this morning. And uh, it's, it's good it's good to be alive. Uh, it's good to have uh, blood coursing through my veins. It's good to have an opportunity to freely worship the Lord. There are people in certain parts of this world that do not have this opportunity. So it's a, it's a blessed opportunity to come together freely. Uh, we don't have to worry about men with machine guns at the front door. Uh, we don't have to worry about bombs in the neighborhood. Uh, we don't have to worry about any of those things. All we've got to do is worry about Jesus. Amen. And that is such a blessing today. Uh, I want to want to begin a, a teaching this morning. Probably will take today and next week to, to finish, uh, but something that I feel like the the Lord impressed on my heart about a week or so ago, uh, and uh, I realize it kind of rocks your world sometimes when we don't start off with a scripture reading. Uh, we're going to have scripture, but I'm not going to kick it off with any one particular scripture because our subject matter is the epistles. We're going to talk about the epistles. And hopefully you'll be able to glean from this some things that are things that you can practically apply to your life. But the gospel message of Jesus Christ is very simple. It's very basic. One, it starts with believing in Jesus. Amen. Secondly, it involves repentance. Then it involves baptism. In Jesus' name. We, we could just simply say baptism. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible clearly articulates the method of baptism. And after repentance, we are baptized in Jesus' name. The Bible says, for in that is the remission or removal of sins. And then is the receiving of the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. There are 21 books that follow the book of Acts. 21. They're called the epistles. Uh, I, I was teaching a, a portion of this lesson last Sunday morning in our youth class, and, and I shared with them the age-old adage, Pastor, that the epistles are the apostles' wives. And I was sorely disappointed that they didn't get it. I had to explain And in case you are questioning that this morning, they are not the apostles' wives. It's just a joke. I've heard it all my life. And because I've heard it all my life, I like it. <laughs> it's like who, who, who brews the coffee in the house? It's biblical. He brews. I mean, come on. Who doesn't enjoy that? 
If you don't, that's fine. Pastor's preaching tonight. There are 21 books that follow the book of Acts. They are letters. Epistles are letters that contain instructions to the church. In the book of Acts, we see the historical accounts of how the apostles traveled from city to city throughout the world, or their known world at that time. These cities, they, in these cities, they would establish churches. The 21 books following the book of Acts are letters written to the churches to instruct them on how to live their new life that they found in God. Once you have believed in Jesus, once you have repented of your sins, once you have been baptized in Jesus' name, once you have received the gift of the Holy Ghost, one could ask the question, what's next? I've seen in my life, and in case anybody's a little concerned this morning, I'm pacing myself because I'm teaching. I've seen in my lifetime, growing up in the apostolic church, plenty of people that come to church, love what they feel, like the music. doesn't matter what style. They like the music. They like the singing. They enjoy the worship. They enjoy the foot stomp. They enjoy the hand clap. makes no difference whether they're on beat or not. But they enjoy the hand clap. They enjoy the feeling. They'll even repent. Seen countless people get baptized in Jesus' name, even receive the Holy Ghost. To only afterwards see them very quickly fall into discouragement and frustration and quit before they ever know what they had. So I want to declare very early this morning in this teaching that there is something that happens from Romans on that you don't get out of Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. And that's how to live. And if you skip the part of how to live, then you, you've, missed, you've missed the whole point of chapter, of books of Acts, chapter 2, salvation. So you ask the question, what's next? How do you conduct your new life in God? How do you live a Christian life with Christian disciplines? How do you develop a deeper relationship and walk with God? All of these questions and, and thousands of more are answered in Romans through Jude in your New Testament Bible. I want you to notice something very important. It's very important for each of us to understand there are four books in the New Testament that cover the life and times of Jesus Christ. We know them as Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're also known as the four Gospels. Then there's the book of Acts. It's the book that we record as the historical account of the birth of the church. That's where salvation was revealed. Then we find these 21 books that are the epistles or letters to the church. Four books about salvation. Or excuse me, four books about his life. One book about salvation. And 21 books that teach us how to live. So it must be an important subject. It must be something that's relevant enough for us to discuss in this hour. And it's, it's, it's even important to even say today that if you don't get it right on the first try, keep trying. 
Because I've got to imagine if there were 21 books, the majority of them all penned by the same author to various groups of people, he must have saw a lot of failure. He must have seen and witnessed a lot of blunders. He must have seen a lot of churches struggling shortly after the Holy Ghost was given. Jude even states that they were to earnestly contend for the faith. That statement was only made 50 years after Pentecost. So if only half a century after this wonderful salvation was delivered the first time, if they were having to be reminded you have to fight to keep what you have, then 2,000 plus years later, we need to continually be reminding ourselves on the Word of God, you've got to fight to keep what you have. Salvation don't come easy. The experience is easy. It it really is. And and I I don't at all want to be... uh, uh, cruel in any, any shape or fashion this morning. But, but the salvation experience is, is easy. Some people seem to struggle with it. And, and, and there, there's a lot to be said for that that we'll, we'll pray about. But salvation is easy. Anybody can repent. All you have to do is ask. Ask and believe. Anybody can be baptized if you're willing to step foot in the water. The Holy Ghost is a gift. That the Bible declares to us that anyone can have. You receive it freely. The difficulty is living. The difficulty is taking this new birth experience that I just got. And the next day trying to figure it out. Let me tell you something. You're not going to figure it out 24 hours later. Do I have some veterans in the house that will say amen? 20 years later, there's certain things you're not going to have figured out. 40 years later, now I'm out of my depth now. I may be 40, but I've not been saved 40 years, so I'm out of my depth, all right? 40 years later, there's some things you're not going to have figured out. When you're lying on your deathbed and you're passing blessings to your family, because you're about to step on over into glory, there's still things you'll have to declare, I don't understand. So even within the confines of 21 books today, we're not going to get it all. But that's why the writer said, we walk by faith and not by sight. There are some things I just accept because that's what the Bible says. That's a different concept for today's generation. Everybody wants an answer for everything. And if you can't Google it and get an answer, they're going to question you on it. But in the walk with God, there are certain things we just know. And we know it only and simply by faith. Once you've made your way through a book of Acts experience, you've just simply received your birth certificate. That's it. And if you stop now, you will not grow. 
let, let, me, let me refresh that one more time. If you, if you stop now, you won't grow. Now, I wonder why it seems acceptable to us to come to church and not grow when you parents who have children, if by the time they're two years of age, if they can't walk, you're going to be in a doctor's office. If by three or four they've not uttered their first word, you're going to be in some physician's office somewhere seeking out the best of the best, trying to figure out what's wrong with my baby. Life in God is not about repentance, baptism, get the Holy Ghost, boom, I'm a child of God. It is a progressive daily walk. And if you're not walking it daily, then you're not walking it at all. I'm not where I want to be. But Brother Terry, thank God I'm not where I was. I'm not perhaps where I need to be in this human flesh, but I'm not where I was. I've got to walk. And I've got to keep pushing forward. And every time I fall, I've got to get up. That's why I'm thankful that the writer in Lamentations told us that his mercies are new every morning. Because by the time today's over, I might need a new set. And the quicker we recognize as Christians that Christianity is about the pursuit of perfection and not being perfect, the less frustration we'll have. I'm not condoning you to sin. I'm just trying to get you to understand this morning that if you're not as perfect as you perceive your neighbor to be, and that's perception only, I assure you, but if you're not as perfect as you think they are, that that's okay. Because this is a pursuit. That's why I come to church on Sunday morning. It's a pursuit. It's a pursuit of God. It's a pursuit of His Word. It's a daily pursuit of who do I need to be. That's why I come to church on Sunday night. It's because something may have happened in the morning, from the morning service to the evening time, I need another pursuit. And I might not get another pursuit on Monday the way I need to. I'll double up on Sunday. Why we come to church? If you quit now, you're missing out on how to live, live life to its fullest. There's a lot of self-help books out there on living life to its fullest. How to find happiness. I, I, I read a lot of self-help stuff. Not, not teaching against it, but let me clue you in on something. There is no self-help book that can, will, has, or ever will take the place of the inspired Word of God. You want the best self-help book, get in the Word. Because even the self-help gurus, I, I've heard many of them, multiplied persons, that whenever they're, they're re you're reading their books or you're listening to their seminars, many of them will often quote Proverbs where it says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. They know the power of positive thinking is not new. It's founded in the Word of God. 
So if you want to know how to find happiness today, there are instructions in the Word of God. But another thing that's important for us to understand regarding these 21 books following the book of Acts is that they are written to the church. They are written to born-again believers. Let me, let me give you an example. I'm turning, Sister McGee, to Romans chapter 10 and verse number 9. We're finally reading some scriptures, so somebody say amen. amen. It says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Very popular scripture. It's good scripture. I like it. Uh, I, I can recall a, a certain evangelist one time said, hit him with the TNT. Romans 10, 9, and 10. It's a good scripture. But we must understand something. It's written to the church. Those statements of confessing with your mouth and you'll be saved are not written to sinners. It's written to men and women who have already repented. Who have already been baptized in Jesus' name. Who have already spoken tongues receiving Holy Ghost salvation. And now is written as a reminder to them that when you understand who you are and you understand your salvation, it is received with the confession of the mouth. Speaking in tongues. Holy Ghost. Baptism by fire. Acts chapter 2. So you cannot isolate Romans 10, 9 and 10 and declare as some would and say that that is salvation. You cannot separate Romans 10, 9, and 10 from Acts chapter 2 and say that all you have to do is be saved is raise your hands, repeat after me a prayer, and confess with your mouth. I'm not trying to blast off on anybody this morning, but right is right and wrong is wrong. And one of the purest ways of making sure we remain right is to focus on what is right. I'd rather spend more time this morning focusing on what is true than what isn't true. And what is true is Romans 10, 9, and 10 is just as Holy Ghost filled as Acts chapter 2. Because if you're going to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you're going to do it the Acts chapter 2 way. Amen. So the 21 books are written to church people. And here's why. Because repenting, getting baptized, and receiving the Holy Ghost, the, the three independent acts of, of actions of doing that does not teach you anything. Now you may learn some things along the way, but that does not immediately teach you anything where that you just wake up the next day and, I'm a Christian. I understand and see all things clearly. Yeah, yeah. 
Let me, let me say, if you had that experience, I'd like to interview you after church today. I'm 30 plus years in myself. Started out as a young boy, obviously. Some of you didn't get that, did you? And there's still things I don't understand. But I'm not about to quit over it. There's things, I'm not going to say what they are. I can't even think of it right off, right off the top of my head, so they're obviously not that important. But what you'll make important whatever you focus on. And let me be as, as real and transparent with you, full disclosure this morning, don't mean to sound rude, but let me be as real with you as to say, you'll be saved if you want to. No one. Look at your neighbor this morning and say, no one. Ah, oh, you should have said it with some attitude. I gave you a free pass right there to have an attitude with your neighbor and you didn't take it. No one. No one can take away my salvation but me. But Brother Mason, I just don't like what Pastor preached last week. Oh, I want to be mean right now so bad. I've got another week to spend with you, so I better be good. I'll save that for next week. Now, seriously, I just don't like what he preached. It was just a little too blunt. Really? Well, let me ask you a question this morning. If you were about to step into a bush and the person you're with saw an old rattlesnake all coiled up in there and you didn't see it and you didn't hear it, wouldn't you want somebody to say, Hey! Wait! Wait! Thank you, Brother Pat. Or would you rather get bit while they're being polite? Now, I am as anti-racist as you can get. But we need to get over this politically correct stuff. Salvation doesn't know political correctness. It's either right or wrong. And this, well, I'm offended stuff, it's on you. Because if you're going to let somebody offend you to hell, pardon me for being blunt this morning, but if you're going to let somebody offend you to there, you don't have a hope. There are 21 books that teach us how to live, and we're not even to them yet. Lord, have mercy. But I want us to understand some things. That this walk with God is about more than shouting. Now, now that I've said that, some of you have said in our spirit man duty, our duty is to say, Whew, okay, Lord. You're God, I'm not. You see something I don't. 
There have been times preaching has gone on. Not pastor. You guys got to wake up. That I've sat and listened, participated, and thought, I don't know. They were in the book. Maybe they were a little more extreme than what I personally prefer. But I participated, clapped my hands, worshiped God, did not. Anybody's doing that this morning, I don't see you. The lights are too bright, I promise you. And in the process of doing so, Brother Terry, I got something out of that message. I was still fed. I may have walked away saying, well, baby, whew, I don't think I'd do it that way. But that was okay. Why? We're all unique. We're all different. And here's an important principle, lifelong principle. If you'll adopt it, it'll, it'll do you well. Acknowledgement is different than acceptance. And when I acknowledge to God His Word, regardless of the means, when I acknowledge to God His Word, He's going he's to feed me. And He's going to speak to me. Yes, I have heard people preach that absolutely in my flesh, if I wanted to be offended, they would have offended me bad. Just being honest with you this morning. I've got the mic, so I'm saying some things that I think you would say. If I wanted it to, Brother Freddie, if I allowed it to, it could have offended me. We've got to make up our minds. Do I love God more than the offense? Or do I only love God in the absence of offense? We are living in a society where people are shopping for churches the way they do groceries. And they're looking for the best deal. Well, I can tell you unequivocally, standing flat-footed because I don't have an arch. Looking you square in the eyes. Having nothing to do with the First Apostolic Church label, but having purely to do with what I know this church stands for, teaches, and preaches. That we've got the best deal. The question is, is how are you going to participate with it? Because there is no deal like Calvary. Too many people get worried about... There is no way to say this other than to say it, so I'll be as delicate as I can. But there is no way people worry about 
Well, I can't come to that church because of how they dress. We do teach and preach a certain biblical principle. But there is no one standing at the front door that says, unless you look like this, you can't come in. Those churches are in Kentucky. Now see, I can say that. I can say that and not be offended. If you said it, I'd be offended. So that's just how it works. <laughs> Lost my train of thought now. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. Good to have fun in church. Anybody has a right to come to this church. Anybody. You are cheating yourself out of a blessing, sir or ma'am, if you're predicating your walk with God off of just Acts 2.38, and then you stop. Because it's Romans through Jude that covers those. Where do you go? How do you talk? Who do you make your friends and your acquaintances? How do you look? Yes, we believe it is an important component, but it is only one component of many. And I, I'm not taking away from it. A lot of people will get on their high horse and their soapbox and say, well, holiness without no man shall see God. That's not the type of holiness that verse is referring to. That verse is referring to the man of the heart. And that's why it's so important that you continue your Christian journey regardless because if your heart's not right, it doesn't matter what you look like. You can quote unquote look Pentecostal. And if your heart's not clean, be as unsaved as you perceive everybody else to be. We've got to work on the heart first. That starts with salvation. And then from there it starts with education. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is a lifelong pursuit. I tell our young people, I've told them several times this year, but I've said it a lot over the years. I, I, I thought 20 years ago that I would wake up at some point later in my life as an adult and I thought I'd just wake up one day and say, Woo, I'm there. I, I honestly did. Call it naive, call it stupid, whatever you want to call it, call it. Just don't call it to my face. I thought I'd wake up one day. Whew, I'm there. Hallelujah. I'm still chasing the dream, Brother Josh. I'm not there yet. Am I different than I was 20 years ago? Lord, I hope so. 
And I think that's the key. If you're in the same spiritual condition today as you were when you started, unless you just started two weeks ago, (laughs) if you're in the same spiritual condition today as you were when you started five years ago, ten years ago, twenty years ago, that's the focus. Am I different? If you could check mark the box, yes, then say thank you, Jesus, and go on to the next day. Because every day is a journey. Every day is a pursuit. And I just don't want to be the same today as I was then. And 10 years from now, I want to be able to say I'm farther along in my journey at 50 than I was at 40. And as long as I can say that, then I can say, thank you, Jesus, I'm still pursuing. It's this... It's this idea of spiritual maturity that we reach this pinnacle location and when we get there, we stop. That's what destroys Christians. That's what incites compromise because we think we're somewhere that we're not. When there's a dedicated set of books established to teach us how to endure, how to make it through. Romans was written to the church at Rome. 1st, 2nd Corinthians, the church at Corinth. Galatians, the church, the churches in Galatia. Ephesians to the church in Ephesus. Philippians to the church in Philippi. Colossians to the church in Colossae. 1st, 2nd Thessalonians to the church in Thessalonica. 1st, 2nd Timothy was written to a young minister named Timothy under Apostle Paul's ministry. Titus was written to a convert named Titus. He was a convert of the Apostle Paul. Philemon is a letter mainly written to a man named Philemon and a house church. Hebrews was written to the church in Jerusalem. James was the Jerusalem pastor and is a letter written to the apostolic Jews living outside of Jerusalem. 1st, 2nd Peter, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John and Jude are written to the churches in general. In these books, you will find literally every aspect of living for God. Every aspect. There's no way to cover all the topics today or over the next two weeks. We're going to hit a highlight of a few. One is salvation. We spent a lot of time on it already. In these epistles, the meaning and purpose of the salvation plan is covered. You must remember again, and I'll I'll probably repeat myself next week, these scriptures are written to people who have already obeyed the gospel. Romans chapter 6 and verse number 1 says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? The meaning there is, do I have to keep sinning to have grace? The answer God forbid. That's a pretty strong answer. Another question returns, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? First, let's notice the relationship with sin. It's dead. Dead to sin. Why are they dead to sin? They're dead to sin because they've repented. Repentance separates you from sin. Death 
is the ultimate separator. When, when you take a loved one to the grave, it is the ultimate physical separator between you and them. That's why it's symbolic to us in our repentance that it is similar to that of death because it separates from that, us from that that would separate us from God. It's important for us to understand. Verse number 3 says, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into His death? Therefore, we are buried with Him by, everybody say it with me, baptism unto, into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. But in the message of Jesus Christ, death is not the end. One could almost argue it's just the beginning. But it's certainly not the end. Repentance and baptism are not the end of the salvation plan. You experience a spiritual resurrection. Verse number 5 continues, For if we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall be also in the likeness of of His resurrection. We just celebrated Easter. And we talked about His death and His burial and His resurrection. Salvation is symbolic to that, those very three things. Death, burial, resurrection. Death is the equivalent of repentance. Burial is the equivalent of baptism in Jesus' name. And the resurrection is the receiving of the Holy Ghost. Because it's having the Holy Ghost that tells us that we will rise and walk in newness of life. We will walk with Him. Verse number 6 says, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. So we identify with His death. We identify with His burial. And we identify with His resurrection. Then, from salvation, we move on to life in the Holy Ghost. This is one of the components that many people miss. I said it earlier this morning, seeing countless people go through the salvation steps and just stop. They still come to church, but they stop. They become what some would term affectionately a pew warmer. They come. They sit. And if you fall into this category this morning, not throwing off on you, Lord bless you, glad you're here. Because it's in being here that hopefully you can establish something better in your spirit. But God's got more for you than just stopping. There is more for your life then just, and please understand, I understand that salvation is at the core of who we are. But there's more to our walk with God than just salvation. If you, if you develop a walk with God that is predicated only on Acts 2.38, you're cutting yourself short. It might need to be at the top of the list. You might need to have Acts 2.38 and Deuteronomy 6.4. 
Yes, very, very, very important to who we are and our identity as God's children. But there's more for you in your walk with God. Acts chapter 1 and verse number 4 reads, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Jesus commanded them to wait for the Holy Ghost to come in their lives. And we find in verse number 8, he says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Two things that are very important out of that verse is power and witness. I want to close with the power part and we'll pick up on the witness part next week. Two things about receiving the Holy Ghost. It gives you power and it makes you a witness. The word power there comes from the Greek root word dynamos which is where we get our English word dynamite. Now that's, that's power. That's not standing up and saying, I've got power. That's power! What kind of power does it give you? Does it let you leap over tall buildings in a single bound? No. What does it do for you then? More importantly, possibly than anything else, it helps me through my everyday life. The sins of yesterday that I don't want to repeat. Now the Holy Ghost doesn't stop you from repeating them. You still have free will. Otherwise, the Bible would never declare quench not the Spirit. You, you, you can stop it. But what it does do is it gives you a warning. It's like a meteorolo meteorological system. It gives you a warning before the storm. It, it, it reminds you before you get ready to engage in that sin. He says, <laughs> Danger alert. The enemy is close and gives you the ability to make a choice. And there is power in choice. There is definite power in choice. Stand with me this morning if you would, please. Let's just lift our hands together as Pastor comes this morning. Let's just focus on giving God some... Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.